Hello, welcome to the Sarah Sloan Show. This is Sarah Sloan. Hope you guys are doing well, as always. Um, we are, my father and I are here to just continue our discussion of the Sarah Palin interview with uh, Katie Couric. And uh, we've gone a lot really in depth, but, you know, if you if you hadn't known about this uh, story, you know, or this interview that happened, um, you're now knowing. It, it's really important, I think, because it completely took down everyone's image of Sarah Palin whenever she was really given a nice boost uh, to to John McCain. So it's a big deal and it's very important. And then you get to see some, uh, yeah, some of Sarah Palin struggling to answer questions, but struggling to answer questions that anybody would struggle to answer. Obama would have struggled the same exact way. But the reality is Katie Couric is a tough interviewer and she would never interview Obama the way that she interviewed Sarah Palin. Mm. And she really tried to capitalize on the fact that Sarah Palin um, didn't know all these things and she she did it very well. She completely dismantled her. Kind of interesting the way Katie would pretend to be impartial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just kind of, uh, kind of funny. Oh, yeah. But I, you know... You, no one can tell me that a Republican candidate for president would ever do this again with mm. Katie Couric. Mm. It will not happen mm. because you know what she's going to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so they learned something we learned from lesson. it. Yep, at least we learned our lesson mm -hmm. there. Um, in the last episode, we were playing uh, her talking on Morning Joe, and she basically compared Sarah Palin to a seventh grader, and basically said, she was gloating. Yes. Yes, and so we're going to play just a little bit more of that, and then, uh, yeah, a few other things, but, uh, yeah, this is really interesting discussion. That, that was her life achievement. Oh, yeah. The, you know, that's the highlight she, of her she life. Said, she said many times, well, obviously, she's discussing it 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is one of her favorite interviews. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Politically, I'm pretty sure that the social science after the election showed that she was not a drag on the ticket and that she might modestly have helped McCain. Obviously, he lost by, what was it, seven points? So yeah. well, I modest think she, help wasn't much help. Well, I, but, yes, but, but I think she revitalized the base, as what Megan Trainer says, it's all about the base, and it certainly was back then. And Steve talks a lot about how Joe Lieberman was going to be the pick, and John McCain was going to say, I'm doing something very unconventional. I'll, I'll serve for one term. I want Joe Lieberman to be my mm. running mate. But they realized they had to do something. A Hail Mary, and you're right, she did revitalize the, the base. But is that necessarily, you know, a good reason? <laughs> well, you know, what the, the, you know at the, in that moment of time, remember, she was the most popular governor in the in the country. She was governing Alaska yeah, I got as something of a, a something of a yeah. something of a moderate. It wasn't a base pick as much as it was we had to revitalize the center of the electorate. We had to close a gender gap. We had to excite the conservative base. We had to show yeah. that this was not going to be a Bush third term. And, you know, look, you know, three days after she's picked, um, you know, and Nicole Wallace and I really have the first inkling that she doesn't know anything. The vetting process was flawed, was broken, and there's a lot of lessons here. Um, now, I, I will say this about Sarah Palin as we as we look ahead. I have always maintained and believe is John Edwards was absolutely every bit as crazy as she was mm -hmm. and had no business being nominated and being in a national command authority. And so there's some real you lessons really here. You he was as, as ignorant on the issue? I don't think he was as ignorant. I think that he was as 
reckless reckless as erratic as unfit right as as she was to 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 be in that space um there's a lot of lessons about how you approach i think from this for all time a vice presidential selection and you know on the mccain campaign you know uh, every mistake that you could possibly have made in a vp vetting mm -hmm. was made Wow. Part one of the Katie Couric podcast documentary series, The Palin Interviews, 10 years later, is available now. You need to download that immediately. Or instead, listen to us. <laughs> That's right. Because we are way better. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So, yeah, but pretty interesting discussion there. And just like why she was picked. Mm. And, but yeah, she's just, she is just ready to just latch on say mm -hmm. oh she's so stupid and, and it's crazy now because uh, you know every now and then sarah palin will kind of come up for an interview with fox news or mm -hmm. something al along mm -hmm. those lines and even i just to be honest i just see her differently mm. and, and i it just it's such a shame it's such a shame because no one no one could have answered all those questions perfectly mm. and yet she's seen as such an idiot now you know i think the truth is they brought out their heavy weapons and they used them on her. And if they used them on, whoever they used them on would suffer. And, you know, I know there was years after all the stuff with her daughter, Bristol and um, pregnancy and different things that went on. They just were dragging her name through the mud. So, you know, I think really she, her heyday was, well, and then I think she even stepped down from, I don't know if it was the governorship. Apparently there was all kinds of lawsuits. and uh, I don't remember all the details of that. But, you know, I think in a sense her sights were raised at the national level with that opportunity. And then uh, I think everything now has fallen away. Uh, I guess she's, I think, you know, she's been a commentator at times. But... Um, I'm not sure what she's doing. And yeah, Katie Couric is the star. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so um, yeah, this next clip is Bill O'Reilly talking with Sarah Palin about the, um, what news do you read? That part of the section of the interview. So it's pretty interesting. So was this more recent or? Uh, no, no, no. This, this is older. This was like soon after the interview. Okay. Yeah. Prior to the election? No, I think this was 2010. Okay. Yeah after yeah around that time mm -hmm. so katie Couric's different story now katie Couric asked you an easy question and you booted it governor i sure did what newspapers and magazines did you regularly read before you were tapped for this to stay informed and to understand i've read most of them again with a great appreciation for the press for the media but like what I mean, specifically i'm curious that you um all of them why did you boot it? I mean, if somebody asks, what do you read? I say, I read the you know, New York Times or Wall Street Journal, Washington Post. I can, I can reel them off in my sleep. You couldn't do it. Well, of course I could. Of course I could. Why it's, didn't it's, you? it's ridiculous to suggest that or to say that I couldn't tell people what I read. Because by that point already, though it was relatively early in that multi-segmented interview with Katie Couric, it was, it was quite obvious that it was going to be a bit of um, an annoying interview with a badgering of the questions. It seemed to me that she didn't know anything about Alaska, about my job as governor, about my accomplishments as, as a mayor or a governor, uh, my record. And a question like that 
though, yeah, I booted it, I screwed up, I should have been more patient and more gracious in my answer. It seemed to me that the question was more along the lines of, do you read? How do so you stay you in touch with the real world? So that was your inexperience that led to that exchange with Cork. You were frustrated. It was up, my inexperience in having to deal with a badgering, condescending line right. of questioning. It, it had no, no reflection at all on my inexperience in terms of administrative record or accomplishments no, it's just or in the media. vision for America. Yeah, and you know what? So what? So I wasn't um it hurt you though. So I wasn't doing the right thing to ingratiate myself with with liberal media personalities to make them like me. So what? I think if most normal Americans were put in the same position that I was there, they'd probably look at her and have that proverbial eye roll and say, "Are you kidding if me? They knew, Are you suggesting that I known. don't read?" That led, in my opinion, to the McCain people. Steve Schmidt and the other guys saying, you know, we can't trust her out there because she, she booted that. And that's where you lost credibility among them. I understand what you're saying. Uh, although Katie Couric and I spoke to her uh, a couple of days ago, says she wasn't out to get you. Clearly in your book, you feel that Katie Couric was out to I get let you. the transcript speak for itself and readers will decide for themselves if she had any kind of bias or non-objective yeah, mission you there. you think she was out to get you. It's different than Gibson. I think that she was out to get, if you will, anyone who didn't believe in, in, in her perspective. It's not like she was going to get in there and be, I think, unbiased, objective, and fair. Interesting. But, but okay. it is my bad. It is my mistake, and it was my inexperience in dealing with the media elite in my response, a very annoyed response to a very annoying question. You're bad. Well, it's my bad. My mistake. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, uh, such a character. Mm. The way it comes off to me, and then you, you, you explain how it comes off to you. The way it comes off to me is, come on, that's kind of silly. I guess it's kind of almost sounding like I'm against Sarah Palin. I'm really not. I, yeah. I like Sarah Palin, um, but no, you didn't. You couldn't think of any mm. off the top of mm. your head, and you, you weren't really stewarding this opportunity. Mm. And so in a way, I'm a, I, I get that, that 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 interview was hard. And I think I would have struggled just as much. But with, an, with a question like that, mm. you couldn't even think of, of just... One name? Yeah, just one. Fox News. Like, who mm -hmm. cares? She, it just, it made her look so stupid. Mm. And no, it didn't come off to me like, do you read? It, that, that question no. just didn't come off that way. It came off as, can you please list some? Because I, you know, and I think it was, I think it was, you know, a little derogatory. I will be honest, mm -hmm. but still it, it's a legitimate question. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to know the answer and she didn't give any. I, I think so. You know, I think maybe there's insecurity, you know, she talks about lack of experience and answering and dealing with the media, but you know, there's a little bit of insecurity there to, assume the worst in the question and therefore not even want to touch it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if she thought, well, whatever I say, they're going to criticize that. Oh, is that all you read? Um, but yeah, she, in a sense, the whole purpose was to show she was out of her league. To some degree she was, mm -hmm. you know, at least in answering questions she was, you know, and, you know, I think the truth is some people are more gifted at that. Some are more naturally gifted at that. Apparently, in her becoming governor of Alaska, she didn't have to 
develop those skills and obviously had not done so. Yeah, so there was, um, I, I've done these like mock legislation camps in the past, and then we do this thing called campaign in a day. And so, uh, you know, you have a team and one person, they do the financial stuff. One person's a campaign manager. One person is a candidate and, and there's just a bunch of roles. So I was a candidate one time. And so then they had this interview and all oh, this is pretend, obviously they had this interview. And so I got in there and it was in this like closet basically with the guy who's in charge of the whole thing. And then he has like a little camera I don't think he was actually recording, but he was pretending, you know? Um, and so then he begins to ask me questions. I I, I hope there's no footage of that. Uh, I, I think it really was all pretend. I, I couldn't tell because he said, I'll send a, record, a record of it to you. But I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. Mm. I botched the most easy questions. Like, mm. what is your stance on abortion? Stuff like that. Like, I couldn't answer. I couldn't speak. I felt like an idiot mm. i was just like well you know like um like we can't kill babies you know like i just said the stupidest stuff mm. and it taught me that this is a lot harder than it looks even the most basic questions it's not easy to answer these things for some reason it is extremely difficult mm. and so i i do really empathize of course then I, i'm a little tough in the sense that you're a governor mm. and you're going to be vp and you're still struggling, that's where I have a little bit of trouble. In my circumstance, I'm at a little pathetic camp, you know. Okay, sorry, I don't know why I said pathetic. Mm. Um, I'm at a little camp, and I'm struggling. Um, that's more understandable. Mm. But, yeah, it, so I think you're right. In a sense, she was out of her league. You know, it's interesting. I, I think the dynamic was with the McCain campaign, they wanted a surprise, and the they knew the media was going to be all over it. They knew that the media wanted Barack Obama. They knew that whoever they would put forward would be attacked and scrutinized like never before. Yeah. And, you know, also historically, we're just coming off of eight, eight years of Bush where Bush was bashed to smithereens. You, you know, he his ratings were so low by the end and he had just been bashed and shell-shocked and he, he had stopped fighting. He, he was just, um, you know, there was no new legislation. Uh, he was just on the defense the whole time. And I, I don't know, it, it was, it was a, a sad period of history where the media just uh, bludgeoned Bush and made everybody continually think worse and worse of him. And so coming off of that, you know, we all understand the way the pendulum swings between the left and the right. So we could have thought there's already a big tendency to go left this election. And then you bring in Barack Obama, you bring in the race guilt and, uh, you know, and then you got the media piling on and making Obama look like the greatest thing. And McCain is old and boring. And then Palin had to be, as I said, impaled and, and they, they accomplished it. So all of that put together, there was so much against them. Um, you know, it would talk about a long shot. You know, McCain-Palin was a really long shot. It's true. And yet it's so funny now to think about the way that Bush is treated in the media. And liberals love him. Mm -hmm. He can go on the talk shows 
and best friends with Ellen, mm. you know. Mm. So it, it's always fascinating to see how things change. Mm. Yet he was the most hated man mm. in the country at the time. And then, of course, Trump, the same thing. Now you kind of wonder, well, in 10 years, how will people view Trump? Now, of right. course, that depends if he becomes president or not in 2024, which we're hoping that he will. Uh, mm. But still, it's always time. If you mm. wait things out, mm-hmm. People see things differently. Well, you know, Bush back then was keeping them from what they wanted, which is power. Mm-hmm. Uh, once that's over, and then once he starts to, you know, relate to the left more, you know, Obama, uh, Michelle, and everything, then he's they they like him, and he's no longer a threat. They know he's not going to run for anything ever again. So, and he's a little bit anti-Trump at times. So they they're in love with him. Oh, yeah. He's the best thing Mm. since sliced bread. He is. (laughs) Yeah. Sarah Sarah Palin, um, I even remember there were comments about, like, how much money they were spending on her hair Mm. and on her clothes. And then, of course, you know, then you see, and I remember it was a lot of money. Like, it Mm. was, I think it was close to, like, the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Um, And people were criticizing that. Oh, how disgusting. But then, of course... Clinton, uh, mm. Hillary Clinton, how much mm. money they spend on her clothes, you know. So it's just, it's always like that. And mm. I, I don't care, you know, I don't care how much money they spend on your clothes. Uh, that's what they think is worth it, then that's what they think is worth it. But mm. also kind of makes me wonder, should I give money to campaigns if that's what they're <laughs> spending their money on? Right. Um, yeah, th- this was this was such a fascinating interview. It, you know, CBS exclusive, Governor Sarah Palin, it's on Katie Couric's YouTube page, and it's 30 minutes um yeah it's worth your time to to see kind of nasty journalism at work Mm, mm -hmm. because yeah we i think we still see it a lot but i seriously ever since then people aren't putting themselves out there that much for journalists anymore like they used to you know to me i was thinking isn't this more the type of thing you hear in uh, the debates uh, you know, debates, of course, is a little different format. They're not just aimed at one person. They're kind of giving it to both, and each has their opportunity to talk. And I don't think then they kind of go after you in the same way with follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. You know, oh, you didn't answer, you didn't answer. Now, the other opponent may do some of that. You know, so you got the interviewer and the opponent, you know, that you may be having to face. So it's a, it's a very different format, and but I don't, see so much the interview uh, thing. In other words, you, you know, you have to make it through the debates. That's kind of obligatory. But inter- one-on-one interviews is, is optional. And, of course, you can pick, you know, who you're going to do it with. Whereas, yeah, I think she made a wrong pick. Definitely. Yeah, she was just unaware. She was totally unaware. Um, and, yeah, I'm thinking with Trump, you know, kind of more recently he had done the – 60 minutes mm. interview mm. and he taped the whole thing in it with his phone mm. and he was like i'm releasing this and so then you get to hear the whole unedited uh interview and yeah it, it's a lot different than what they release that's for sure right they they put what they want to put out mm. and it makes them look a lot worse than what you end up hearing the mm. whole thing mm-hmm. of so yeah. uh that that's always how it works and it, it's getting to the point where it is that way even ben shapiro whenever people want him on his show 
he he's seen that the way that they treat other people i think it was like trevor noah or something like that he was like no you you cut this one guy to bits because of the way that you edited the the clip he's like i'm not doing that with you Mm. so he like will not go on certain shows Mm. well and i think that's smart mm -hmm. i really do because it's just you you could lose your whole career because of a stupid interview Mm. and is it really worth it like i'm honestly i don't think they would have won either way i really don't right I but, agree with you. Yeah, but they would have been a lot closer mm. if it wasn't for this. But yeah, after this, everybody thought Sarah Palin was an idiot and they didn't trust her anymore. Mm-hmm. And oh, get this. So glad I remembered this. Uh, for John McCain's funeral, Sarah Palin was not invited. Mm. Mm. You know, that, that's a pretty big deal. Wow. It's interesting, the whole thing with the uh, McCain family and um, widow, his, you know, his wife, and then course megan the daughter yeah and just even the influence of all the arizona um, of course they've had a huge role in arizona politics for all these years because of john mccain and uh yes cindy mccain yes so anyway uh, very interesting and now of course the audits and everything else that continues on in arizona oh for sure mm-hmm. but yeah to be honest i i was I've never really been a big fan of John McCain. Mm. I know he's dead and I shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but he was pathetic as a legislator Mm. and he did a lot of harm. So, you know, he was a Republican, so sometimes he voted right. Mm. But uh, on the big stuff, he always seemed to somehow turn into a a Democrat. (laughs) He was nemesis to Trump. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, um, all right. Obviously, listen to part one, part two, if you haven't already pretty crazy if you were to just listen to part three mm-hmm. but yeah if, if you were that person uh definitely listen to the first two parts because there's a lot of good stuff there um thank you for listening to all three parts with us and um yeah let me know what you thought of <laughs> of this and if you learned anything new um yeah i'm always grateful for for you guys listening and i hope you have a great day